I'd like to welcome the children who've been a part of the service and also Sonny and, and everyone else uh, who's been part of it. It's been fantastic. And I'd like to also uh, add my welcome and special acknowledgements to the mums who are here today. So I hope that you've been spoilt rotten and uh, I, <laughs> I hope that you all got breakfast in bed and that lunch is going to be served up for you and all the dishes will be done and the vacuuming will be done. And so anything else you need done this week, make sure you try and cram it in today and get it all done so that you've got the rest of the week off as well. So, no, but I, I do trust that you all have a great day uh, and know that you are loved and that you are very important, uh, not only to your family and your children, but also to society. The role that you guys play as you raise your children uh, impacts the whole of society as well. So I think that needs to be acknowledged, the role of mums. I think we, we downplay it uh, in society, and I think it's such an important, one of the most important roles that we can have uh, and vocations that there is. So be blessed and know that you are loved. Well, we're here today again. It's a novelty for me, two weeks in a row. Normally there's a month apart. Uh, but last week we started uh, the series on Colossians. And uh, who here has been walking around muttering to themselves and proclaiming the truths of God all week? Uh, speaking it out, because remember we were talking about how we grow our faith. And Scripture says we grow our faith by hearing. Uh, and that we are, when we speak God's truths, we actually establish them in our lives. And so as we grow in our faith, uh, you know, it starts off in Colossians. It talks about faith, hope and love. And we really focused on the faith. But as we grow in our faith, what happens is our hope grows also. And as our hope grows, we have more confidence. And the more confidence in him we have, his love flows through us. And as his love flows through us and we see the fruit that happens, what our faith continues to grow, doesn't it? And it's this cyclical cycle that goes on. And so it's fundamentally important that we grow in our faith. And so continue to listen to things that are going to build your faith and continue to speak God's blessings into being. Today we're going to carry on and we're going to look at a couple more verses, uh, verses 9 through to 12. So just a few and uh, I trust that today will be a blessing to you as well. And uh, it, it's one of those things. I look at this passage and it reminds me of a smorgasbord going to a hotel or to a restaurant. And, you know, there's a big buffet of all this rich, good food in front of you. And if you're anything like me, you sit back and you go, where do I start? But in reality, you know you're going to get to every one of those dishes and you're going to try everything. And that's what this is like. It's a smorgasbord of goodness here. And we're, we're not going to be able to get to all of it in depth, but we're going to try and just touch on everything today. So will you bow with me? Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you that you are our sovereign God. I want to thank you that you are our Father and that you bless us. I want to thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to redeem us and to, to say, I love you. Welcome into my family. I want to thank you that you spoke through your apostles and through your word. And it's documented for us. And Lord, as we look at what Paul says, as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, may you speak and minister to our hearts and grow us also. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's read 
Uh, Colossians 1, verse 9 through to verse 12, it says this. It says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. If you're anything like me, you need to read that through lots of times to be able to capture all of the key things in there. But I think the key verse out of all of those is actually verse 9. And so let me just read verse 9 to you again. It says this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And here Paul is specifically speaking to the people in, in the Colossian church. But by extension, he's also praying for us also. He's praying for us. So he's praying for us to ask, he's asking the Father, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Just pause and contemplate that for a second. What is Paul praying? He's praying that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will the Father's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's praying that you'll be filled with the knowledge of the Father's will. Have you ever thought about that? Sat back and thought about the fact that it is possible for us to be filled with the knowledge of the will of the creator of the universe, with all of his infinite wisdom and his infinite glory. And Paul is saying, I pray that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will. Our finite minds, that we can somehow comprehend the will of the author and perfecter of all things. Just pause and reflect on that for a moment, because that is mind-blowing in and of itself. That we can be filled with the knowledge of his will. It is awesome. In the truest sense of that word. Who wouldn't want that? If you know in advance the will of an examiner or a teacher, then it holds you in good stead because you know how to actually answer the questions in the test. If you know the will of your employer, it holds you in good stead because it actually allows you to act and make decisions and work in such a way that will allow for you to be promoted ahead of the game. And yet what this verse is saying is not that you can know the will of an examiner or a teacher or an employer or the prime minister or the president, but actually that you can be filled with the knowledge of God's, the creator's, the redeemer's, the saviour's will. It is actually mind-blowing and hard to comprehend. The father wants us to know his will. In fact, Proverbs chapter 25, and again this week we're going to be flicking around Scripture a little bit. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says this. He says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. 
In Christ Jesus, we ourselves have become kings. We are co-heirs with him. And it is to the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. His desire is for us to search out his will. It is his desire, something that he wants us to actually know. And there is a glory in it for us as we search it out, as we come to an understanding of it. If we flick back in Proverbs 9, it actually says this. Proverbs 9 verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the, is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, it is clear that as we rest in Jesus, as we dwell upon, as we push into knowing the person, the character, his goodness, that we actually gain understanding. As we rest in him, we gain wisdom. And that is his desire for us, is to draw closer to him. The desire for us to know him more. The desire for us to know his love, his character, his compassion, his grace, his blessing. And as we do that, we grow in wisdom and understanding as we gain an intimacy with him that allows us to know his will. You see, Paul is praying here that not only will we know his will, but he knows that we can only press in and know his will by knowing him. And as we know him, we gain in wisdom, we gain in understanding. In actual fact, the proverb says that as we know the Holy One, he is wisdom. He is understanding, sorry. And as we know him, we know his will. Colossians 1 verse 9 says that we may be filled, filled with the knowledge of his will. It is his desire for us to know him. It is his desire to, as we know him, reveal more of his will for our lives. And as we see and come across and stumble across more of the knowledge of his will for our lives, the more it actually continues to build hope in us. The more that we know him, we gain strength. And the more that we gain strength, the more we can stand. And the more that we can stand, the more we want to know him because we know he will sustain us in all good things. In fact, Jeremiah verse 11 says this, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, sorry, says this. Actually, I'm going to read it, uh, not from my Bible, but from the verse that's actually hanging on Kira's wall, which is from a different version, different translation. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, not only does... Is Paul praying for us that we might know his will? Not only does God's will, God's desire, does he want us to know, but it's more than that. God has planned these things in advance. It's not just that he's desiring something will happening. He's planned it out in advance. Plans for you to prosper 
plans for you to have a hope and a future and a good future at that. For no harm to come upon you. You see, when you rest in that truth, in the knowledge that he has planned out things for you, and his plans are good, and his plans will grow you, as you rest in that truth, knowing that he is for you, that he blesses you, that he fills you with hope and allows you to walk with confidence, it changes everything about you and about how you see the things around you and allows you to go through life or circumstances as they come upon you with a different attitude which gives you massive benefits in all areas of your life. This is wisdom. Knowing that he has plans for you and you look forward and you can see insurmountable odds against you. Knowing that he is for you and for you to prosper in those situations and knowing that no harm can come against you allows you in those moments to get up and walk. It allows you sometimes just to stand and to remain standing because you have confidence in the one in whom you are resting. Know this knowledge, for this is truth. Again, Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 7, and I love this. This is, is one of my favourite Proverbs. It says, starting uh, Proverbs 24, verses 3 through to about 6, it says, Through wisdom a house is built. Now here, the, um, Solomon is using the phrase house to represent our life. And so he's talking about our life. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Through wisdom, a house is built. Solomon is saying, through wisdom, through the knowledge of God, your life is built. And remember, understanding is knowing the Holy One. And so, and by knowing the Holy One, your life is established. And by this knowledge, the rooms, and the rooms represent every aspect of your life here. And so every aspect of your life are filled. And what's it filled with? With all precious and pleasant riches. What's your rooms filled with when you are established on the foundation of Jesus Christ? Remember the, um, the proverb that Jesus spoke about building a house on the rock and not the sand? You see, Jesus Christ is the rock. We know that. And our house is established upon, is built upon this wisdom. And through understanding, it is established. And through this knowledge, we are blessed in every area of our life. And as we press into him, we are filled with his goodness and his love. We are filled with the knowledge that he is for us, not against us. We are filled with his grace and his abundance. We are filled with the confidence of that he gives us. He provides us hope. And our faith grows and is established and his love flows through us. This is what Solomon is talking about. As we press into the Holy One, our lives are established and there's a weightiness. Ecclesiastes talks about how 
You know, the life of those who have wisdom, there's a heaviness, there's a weightiness. But those without it, it just blows away like chaff. And when our lives are established on the foundation of Jesus Christ, upon the foundation of the Holy One, there's a substance to it, a weightiness to it, a purpose to it. And yet, in verse 7, it carries on and it says, Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. Who is the fool? The one who rejects the foundation that our lives are to be built upon. The one who rejects the Saviour. You see, look around in life. Those people who reject the Saviour, there's an emptiness there. There's a lacking there. We see that there's this constant searching. And yet they will never find it. Because we are filled and our lives are filled with purpose as we establish our lives upon the Holy One. And as we press into Him, what happens is God reveals His will for our life and abundance flows in and through us. Our lives, as we delve deeper and allow it to just there sit there and we rest in Him, He gives substance to our life through wisdom and knowledge. Our lives are filled with purpose and substance and riches and blessings in Him. Let's go back to Colossians and let's break down this verse looking at the original Greek that the words were used for. It says, I ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. To make sure that we comprehend the word filled means to cram, to finish, to complete, to make full, to complete in every particular way, to supply liberally, to fill to the top. The illustration, what you're actually seeing in this one word, is a glass that is being jam-packed, filled until it is level and no more can be filled in it. And Paul is praying, I pray that you will be jam-packed and filled with the knowledge of his will. The words with the knowledge mean precise and correct, used in the New Testament of the knowledge of things ethical and divine, used of the things of this world and the world yet to be, this world and the spiritual. You will be filled with the knowledge of all things. But specifically, it uses the words of his in here, of whose? Of the fathers, of the saviours, of the almighties. So we're going to be jam-packed with the knowledge of all things of His will. What's that word? That word is what one wishes or has determined shall be done. Has determined shall be done. Of God wishes, what God wishes to be done by us and through us. We're going to be jam-packed with the knowledge of all things of what He desires for us. And in all wisdom, we've touched on that, so I won't go back there. And spiritual understanding, wisdom, understanding the things in the supernatural, comprehending what's going on in the spiritual realm. Paul himself says in Galatians, he says that we are set apart in our mother's wombs and he's called us through his grace. He's set apart and called us by his grace. And coming back again to Colossians 1.9, what's really being said by me paraphrasing here is 
I pray that you will completely know the desires and wishes that the Father has for your life. Being able to see and comprehend things through his eyes. You see, Paul wants you to know what God's plans and purposes are for your life. But he knows you can only do that as you press into the Father and to know the Father. And as his will is made known to you, you are blessed and blessed abundantly. And when we see things from his perspective, it changes us. It allows us to, to comprehend things from a different way. But see, it goes on from there. So Paul prays that we will be filled with the knowledge of God, uh, knowledge of his will for us. But he says, when that happens, there's a byproduct. It produces something in us. It says, uh, I'm praying that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. So as we are filled with the knowledge of his wisdom, we walk worthy of the Lord and we are fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. So as he reveals his will in us, and as we grow in wisdom and spiritual understanding, Paul says that we are fruitful in every good work. So this is amazing. Not only do we get to know the Creator's will, be fully filled with the knowledge of His will for us, but as that happens, fruitfulness results in all good works. The second thing that happens is that we increase in the knowledge of God. And you say, well, how is that possible? Because Paul's already prayed that we will be filled with knowledge. You see, what is actually happening here, and the best way to describe it is you're filled, jam-packed to the top. That's what Paul is saying. But as you know more of him, it's almost like he makes you a bigger cylinder so that he can fit more in. And you see, for me to press into the Father and to know his will for me today and into the next little while is great and it's fantastic. But in two years' time, if I'm still sitting there going, oh, yes, I remember that day when, it's of little value to me now, isn't it? It's like the manna that was given to the, Egypt, uh, to the Israelites in the desert. They needed to go and collect it every day to nourish them. We too are to press into him so that we can know his will every day for us, so that we can continue to grow and know his will for today and tomorrow and into the future. So we continue to increase in the knowledge of God. The third thing it says is that we are strengthened. He strengthens us with all might according to his glorious power. We are strengthened with all his might, with all might according to his glorious power. There's not nothing that we do here. But he fills us with the knowledge of his will. And all of a sudden, when we're pressing into him, we become fruitful. He increases us in the knowledge of God. He strengthens us with all might, according to his glorious power. And it produces in us a spirit of thanksgiving, is the fourth one. Produces in us a spirit of thanksgiving. We become a people 
who give thanks more because we begin to see the good things in our life. And as we see the good things in our life that the Father has given to us, we naturally want to praise Him. We naturally want to say thanks. And it is too easy in life to miss the blessings and to not realize that He is blessing us. But when we see His will, when we're pressing into Him, we are open to understanding and to seeing His goodness in our daily life, for it is there. And we give thanks for who He is and what He's done in our lives, for the people who bless us and for those that we are honored to bless. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are God, His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What was one of the byproducts of knowing His will? That we would be fruitful in every good work, which He has created us to do. So it's His desire that as we walk in life, as we're fulfilling the works that he's created for us to do, that we will be fruitful, that we will be successful. And that's the plans that he's got for our lives. He's set it up for us that as we establish a house on him, as we establish our life on him and grow in our understanding of him, that blessings flow and fruitfulness flow in us and through us. And unfortunately, I think sometimes that the church that Christians have got it wrong and they think it's about what we do and the programs we run. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad if that's what the Spirit of God leads us to do, but what I'm saying is sometimes we see success over there at that church and we go, what are they doing that's successful? And we go, oh, they're running this program, let's grab that and do this over here. But maybe God's created this church or this people to do something different. Their good works are different. And so we need to stop looking around at the success of others, but celebrating the success and say, hey, look at them. They're really successful. That's awesome. If God can do that for them, he can do that for us as well. I wonder how the Spirit's going to lead us into those good works that we too may produce fruit. And you see, it's not about the doing. It's about the pressing into the Father. It's about the knowing his will for your life so that you can have fruitfulness in every good work. Jeremiah 17, and we'll finish with this one. Jeremiah 17, verse 5, it says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall, see no, and shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land which is not inhabited. I pity people like that who don't know Jesus. I truly do, who have life. And this verse says that goodness comes their way, but they don't even see it. They don't recognize it. They're cursed. Their strength is in themselves. They, they trust in themselves. I would hate to trust in me. I would hate to have to draw strength from me because I know I'm not that good. I know in and of myself I'm going to let me and everyone else down. To live in a situation where you're constantly relying upon self. 
you know, that'd be a tough way to live. And in fact, um, Jeremiah or the Lord through Jeremiah says, it's actually a cursed way to live. There's no blessings found. You miss the good things as they come upon you. And it's almost like you're living in parched places in the wilderness. You know, and, and who wants to dwell there? But verse 7 says, Blessed. So we've switched. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. How good is it to trust in the Lord? How good is it to trust in the one who is trustworthy? who you can rest in. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. He is our hope. How good is this? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river. You see, when we establish our life upon Jesus Christ, we are that tree. As we dig deep into his word and as we get to know him more, Our roots become intertwined in him and our nourishment comes through him. Just like the tree puts its roots down into the waters below. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river and will will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. You see, the tree that's planted by the, by the stream, its leaves do not wither in the heat, because it draws its nourishment from the water. And when circumstances or drought comes, it does not perish, it does not dry. In fact, here it says, it will never cease from yielding fruit. And we are the same, we are that tree as we embed our lives upon Jesus Christ, and as we put our roots down into Him and knowing Him, when circumstances come against us that are hard and that would sway people, and they will, we can stand firm and we do not wither and we are not afraid because He is our hope. And in fact, even in the hardest of times when the pressure comes upon us, it says that we will never cease from yielding fruit. You see, it's the same as what Paul is praying in Colossians for you and I, is it not? For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in the light. I encourage you, press into the Father. Know the Saviour. Allow Him to open your eyes to to His will. That you will be fruitful. That you will grow in the knowledge of God. That you will be strengthened with His glorious power. That your life will become a life of giving thanks and praise. A life that can withstand whatever circumstances come your way. But knowing that in Him, He is your hope and fruit will never cease. You see, this is the goodness of God 
coming back to Proverbs, the house that is established, whose rooms are filled with good and precious things. That's your life in Jesus Christ. Filled with good and precious things in him. I implore you, I encourage you to press into him, to know him, not because you have to, but because you want to know him, because you want to know the, the blessing of knowing his will for your life and being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You and I, we are the most blessed people because we are in, we are established in Jesus Christ, our Saviour. How awesome is that? This week, as you continue to speak forth the promises of God, establishing them in your life, press into Him that he may, you may experience and know His will that He has for you. Be blessed. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Father, that it is Your desire to reveal Your will to us. It is your desire for us to know your, you more. Lord, that there is blessing in, in us exploring and learning and growing about you. And it produces abundance in our life, fruitfulness in our life. And Lord, I want to pray upon every person here this day that they will experience the knowledge the full knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that they will perceive things through your eyes and Lord that their lives will be filled with your abundance and your goodness. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.